0: Welcome to the FDN Thrive Podcast. We interview leaders in the functional health space who bring you the most up-to-date, cutting-edge information for people who have tried it all for their health issues. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey, what's going on, folks? And welcome back to another episode of the FDN Thrive Podcast. My name is Evan Transu, a.k.a. Health Coach Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. Now, I won't be doing much hosting because I'm actually just posting an excerpt from an Instagram TV live that we did. I don't think those are the same thing. We did an Instagram live that was then saved as an IGTV. So if you're not following us yet, definitely make sure to do so. We're at FDN Thrive on Instagram. We went live for about 23 minutes. With Leslie Perron. And then, of course, we saved it as an IGTV. So I took a small excerpt from that saved IGTV because I just thought this was so awesome. Leslie has been a nurse for over 40 years, but realized that the holistic and functional side had benefit. It wasn't just the Western stuff that she learned. She realized both modalities had a place. So it is not that she went to the functional side and said, oh, Western's all bad or, you know, ever thought that before, like uh, natural was all bad and I can only be Western. She is someone that is reasonable and realizes that both modalities actually have benefits. What a thought, right? <laughs> That's what we try to do here. We are not dogmatic. Um, at least most of us aren't I've never really seen an FDN who is we understand that there are times and places for both things and Leslie really nails that and she brings experience from both fields so what she talked about today was how food sensitivities allergies and intolerances are all different things Um, and then we went into some testing so we're going to start with the differences first here we go can you break down for us the differences between allergies intolerances and then finally sensitivities which is what we're talking about today
1: well, certainly, uh, Evan, I think you bring up a super valid point um, it's very confusing, and um, even just in some, when you read things, uh, the terms are often mixed up, which leads to further confusion. But if you were um, to have someone who had a food a true food allergy. And that true food allergy um, is something you know you you typically go to a a doctor or a dermatologist to think of true allergy. and that is where an antibody called i g e is released in your body that's very um, that's an antibody that really signifies a true food allergy and so um uh, food allergies are really not as common as food sensitivities. And, um, and so there's a distinct difference between um, an immediate reaction that you may get from a food allergy versus um, the type of reaction you would experience from a food sensitivity. Um, and so uh, that's a food allergy. So then you next said food intolerance. Well, food intolerance really isn't uh, a release of antibody. It's just that a person is having difficulty digesting. When we when we think of food intolerances, we think of a pretty quick reaction um, as well. Um, and it's you know right after we eat something, where we get bloating or gas, or someone may even have a diarrhea or what have you, but you get almost an immediate symptoms after eating. Um, and And you just can't digest that food because you may not have the appropriate enzymes or whatever to help you break down that particular food. And that's different. So then food sensitivities, food sensitivities are a different type of antibody. It can be either most commonly probably an IgG antibody or an IgA antibody. And so um, the the thing about food sensitivities, unfortunately, is they are delayed um, hypersensitivity reactions in many cases. And so it may even be up to a few days before you have a reaction to a certain type of food. And this makes it very difficult for on your own to really understand, well, what triggered these symptoms? You know, many people are walking around with migraines or joint pain and, and they have no or IBS and. And they don't; they can't correlate their symptoms from the timing of when um, they ate a certain food. So, so uh, that is um, a difference. And a lot there's a lot of testing out there that can really help distinguish between, uh, uh, you know, of course, a, a true food allergy and food sensitivities.
0: All right, and then in this part, Leslie broke down for us the differences in testing, Um, and she also talked about a very specific test that I've mentioned on this podcast before, but it is definitely our go-to in FDN Thrive. It's not something that... We can always use depending on what country the person's in or maybe they've run it before. Uh, Maybe we just need to look at a very specific thing with like wheat because they think they removed wheat from their diet because they're sensitive and it's not working for them. In those cases that I just listed, yes, we might have to use a different test. But if there is someone that's coming to us for the first time, they've never ran this test before, this is our go-to. Here is a little more about it.
1: Right. Well, without going into too much detail, I'll just say with um, the IgE testing for true allergies, that's a pretty reliable testing, right? Um, What happens is there's a a lot out there in the literature. A lot of people will sort of poo-poo the um, food sensitivity testing, which is an IgA, IgG usually type of testing, right? Most of the tests on the market are either based on looking for those particular antibodies. And the problem is, is there's a lot of, you know, false, Positives and even false negatives with some of that testing, and um, and so that has given it sort of a bad rap, right? Um, because um, and and I think the hard thing is is with if particularly for those individuals that show up with. 20 plus um, uh, food sensitivities on a IgA IgG type of test, you can be eliminating a ton and ton of foods that might actually be healthy for them. And so you want to really know that they're sensitive to it. And as FDNs, really, we put people on protocols for about 90 days. So it's not like forever that they might not be able to slowly add back certain foods, aside from gluten, I will say, and um and uh, and so uh, I think the the thing about uh, the food sensitivity testing is there are tests that are are even more reliable, and one of those tests is what 's called the mrt leap one hundred seventy and that 's a test that we have available to us as um, fdns and that test is a little bit um, it 's more reliable there's certainly been research studies showing a correlation that it correlates with both Um, you know, positives correlate with symptomatic uh, individuals, um, but not with asymptomatic individuals is really what you want. You want to test this very discerning. And the reason for that is it tests for release of mediators from white cells. And what that means is when inflammation happens and your white cells are triggered, um, those white cells are going to release things called cytokines, prostaglandins, um, histamine, um, various different uh, types of what are called mediators that um, mediate inflammation. And so that MRT test is a great test available to us um, to use when we're using that as a part of an array of other testing to look at um, our clients at FDN.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the FDN Thrive podcast. If you feel like you've been stuck in the cycle of trial and error when it comes to your health issues, our team can help. Whether you've tried every different diet out there without lasting success, spent way too much money on supplements at your local health food store, or been told that your lab tests are normal despite feeling anything but normal, we have your back. Go to FDNThrive.com and click the Get Started Here button if you're ready to stop playing guessing games with your health. That's FDNThrive.com.